Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021, and this is day 1173 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you. There is none like you. Thank you so much for keeping a hedge of protection all around us all night and all day. I thank you so much, my Lord, for loving us unconditionally and showing us how to do the same with one another. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is take it up a notch. Mm -hmm. It's time to take it on up. (laughs) We've been in that comfort zone too long. All right, so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 25. And then we're going to jump to another Uh, verse of scripture in Matthew a little later. All right. So Matthew 18 says, as Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, We might read this and think they followed him. How nice it was. (laughs) But the one thing was, in order to follow him, they left everything. They left their fathers, their mothers. They left their fishing net and their fishing business. This was a lucrative. These were lucrative fishing businesses. This was no fly by night. Just, hey, let's go fishing today. These men were uh, doing well financially from family fishing business. And when Jesus called them, they dropped it all, immediately left their boat and their father and followed him and the Peter And Andrew left their nets and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and Decapolis and Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Others were following Jesus. They came, though, initially for something from Jesus. You notice 
that Peter, Andrew, James, and John just followed without having to be having a need. Uh, of course, they had a need, and that was the need uh, for a savior, but they didn't come with some physical need or anything like that. And and in, with the other people, you notice, in order, most of them, they came because they needed something at that moment. Uh, they needed something physically. They needed healings. They needed deliverance. Um, they were bringing uh, people that were demon-possessed, all of these uh, different situations. Uh, and the disciples, those four, were with him as they were learning and seeing all the things going on that, that Jesus was doing. Point number one, do you remember when Jesus called you to be fishers of men? Do you remember the process of learning about the difference from where you came from to learning about the kingdom of God? It is definitely a process. We go from milk to solid food to steak as we follow Jesus. Peter, Andrew, James, and John followed Jesus and learned that this kingdom building thing, (laughs) what it was all about, meeting people where they were, meeting their needs physically and spiritually. How's your journey going? Are you growing in Christ? Have you become comfortable in the phase you're in and have decided that's as far as I want to go for now. <laughs> this is comfortable for me. That's all I need right now. I don't need to grow. I don't need to go any further. But Jesus and the intentions are for us to grow. That is why we start on the milk. We all start at the same point. But we don't all get to the same point that Jesus intends for us to get to. Mm, glory to God. We start at go, or we start at go, or at start, <laughs> or beginning, but we don't all get to where ideally we should be. Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 15 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So now there's 12 of them. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot. And you know, when I was reading this yesterday, I noticed something that I had not noticed before. Um, We notice that all the other disciples are called by their first names. And uh, they are also, some are told who their their fathers were. Uh, But with Judas, we have a first and a last name. Hmm. Interesting. And Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. 
Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any towns of the Samaritans. It was not yet time for them to minister to the Gentiles, okay? Uh, Later, that was Paul's major ministry was to the Gentiles. And then later, Peter uh, got a vision and understood that he was no longer to uh, be... uh, Uh, just serving or bringing the message to the Jews that it was for the Gentiles as well. So verse six says, go go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not let Or do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. So basically, you don't need to take anything extra. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. He says, now, and and here is, uh, in my commentary, talks about if the disciples shook the dust Uh, of a Jewish town from their feet, it would show their separation from Jews who rejected the Messiah. This gesture was to show the people that they were making a wrong choice, that the opportunity to choose Christ might not present itself again. Again, the same goes with us. Are we being receptive to the opportunity to receive Jesus because this may be the last opportunity you get. So he says, shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town, for that town that would reject the disciples, and which would be rejecting Jesus. It would be far better for them or far better for for those in Sodom and Gomorrah at judgment than it will be for those towns. And Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire. They were destroyed. Um, so that lets you know how serious it is. Uh, point number two, uh, it's time to take it up a notch. It's now time for the disciples to spread out and cover more ground. So they started off singularly following Jesus and 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 learning and uh being discipled and being um, mentored. And the same happens with us. I was mentored by my mother uh, and my dad when I started at their church. Prior to that, I was mentored by um, a pastor, uh, another pastor who I started off with, Pastor Farina, and uh, his wife and, and many others when I first got there was mentored. And then my mom and dad taught me uh, took me to the next level where God would have me to be as he was growing me up. 
uh, and then the Lord had them ordain me as a pastor and as a pastor at the church. And I was not there for that. <laughs> I had no clue. But that is what God had planned as he was growing me up. Similarly to your job. Now, oh, listen, let me back up a little bit. So it's now time for the disciples to spread out and cover more ground. Uh, they're uh, broadening their range and reaching more people. So similarly to your job or career, you you don't usually intend to stay in the same level at the same level of position you where you were when you started. Um, you tend to grow in some capacity, in position or in pay, or both. The same goes for our spiritual assignments, fulfilling our God-given purpose. Um, and uh, we, when we fulfill our God-given purpose, uh, we've received great blessings from the Lord. It is now our turn to freely give to those who have not yet received Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's that freely giving. Giving of ourselves uh, is what it takes and uh, freely, you know, so it's not about how much money you make to do it. Uh, many uh, times the, the, what God has blessed us to do and serving others, it's, it's nothing about money. We don't uh, really pay ourselves much of anything. We are able to get a stipend here and there uh, to cover um, expenses, but nothing like a uh, other churches that may be able to pay their pastors $50,000 a year or or whatever. And whatever that is that they are paid, uh, that is absolutely uh, great and fine. And at some point, we'll be there. But right now, we're not. And we still continue. Uh, that doesn't stop us um, spreading the, the love of Jesus and sharing with others. God meets every single one of our needs. We don't lack anything. I remember starting out with children, with my own children, actually, when I first accepted Jesus. You know, I wasn't um, given some great position or anything like that. And, and actually, things that we think are great positions are actually a lot of work. <laughs> and it just wasn't time. Uh, but I was learning at church. Uh, but one of the things that the Lord would have me do is like Jesus mentored the disciples. My children were not only my children, but they were my disciples. I was discipling them. I was teaching them by my example. I was teaching them by beginning to have Bible study with them. I taught them by uh, taking them everywhere <laughs> with me, even in ministry for most of the time anyway. They went with me uh, and you know, picking up other kids when I, driving the, the church van, um, you know, going, if I had to go to someone someone's home to, to pray with them or whatever that was, my children were with me and they were learning. And then they got to a point where they were able to even help me uh, if I was teaching uh, young kids later in life and, and they were there. Uh, to help. They were older by then. And so they knew the word of God at a young age. My baby girl, Nikki, who is now um, going to be turning uh, 38 this year, she 
uh, was born in the church. And so she was groomed in the church. And at the time, she was about, oh my goodness, about three years old. She was down at the altar laying hands on other saints and praying for them because she saw her mother do it. And she knew and she saw others in the church doing it. And she understood at a young age and well, maybe not fully understood it, (laughs) but was mimicking. And, and I believe she had, that was one of her gifts from God. Uh, and she was always the one saying, mama, let's stop. That person is on the streets and let's go help them. And each of my three children, Gary, uh, well, Didi, the oldest and Gary Jr. We call Morris and Nikki. Each of them have and had their very specific gifts and talents. And I could recognize what they were. And, uh, so I learned in classes at church and the Lord gave me my first ministry were my children. And then I learned from others, uh, who were rooted and grounded in the word of God. Uh, and, uh, then later, uh, I was put into Sunday school, uh, teaching little kids and then working with teens and then being over the youth group and then, being on the board at the church. And and this was over years. I was at that church for 27 or 28 years uh, being over the kitchen, but it was, it was a process. And each of those levels came more responsibility, but God had equipped me for those responsibilities. And along with that level of, of, of growing in Christ also came more levels of of evil from Satan, more attacks. But again, uh, as I was being groomed and grew up in that and being taught, I was equipped to fight the enemy spiritually. Those things were expected. I then began teaching the adults. Uh, As I said before, then moved on to my parents' church as God led. And uh, after serving them, was ordained. And now I can continue teaching the Word of God every Wednesday night. Uh, I've been doing that for the last 12 years or so. And and also uh, having a meal, making sure we have that for the people. And God has blessed me to go into other churches uh, to share. That's another thing. If you ever want me to speak at your church or share, I um, would be happy to do that. I don't charge for that charge for God's word. People, if you choose to give an offering of some sort, a love offering, that is absolutely fine. I also, the Lord has blessed me to do the podcast and teaching on that at seven days a week. Uh, I say all that to say we should be growing in Christ. I will not ever tell you that it was always easy and that I did not fall from time to time. (laughs) Absolutely, I did. I had those moments, that stretch of time where I was battling the one of the major battles that the enemy would wage upon me was a battle between me and my husband uh, where I was in church all the time and he was not. He knew the Lord, but he chose not to come. Uh, and so he was more stagnant and uh, I wanted him to be growing. <laughs> and so I would try to force it up on him. And I had to learn a very valuable lesson. And God taught me that very clearly, that each of us 
have to make our own choices. I cannot force him to do anything. I could, I start paying his tithes for him. Uh, God said, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. He has to pay his own tithes. You must be willing and a cheerful giver. This is not some uh, 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 system or or you do this and, and you do these tasks and these are, the, you know, your blessings. It needs to come from your heart uh, in doing that. So I learned that and I had to let go and let God and let him have his way. And I continued to love my husband. But the Lord said, love him as he is and treat him like the man he will be in Christ. Mm. And I'll never forget that. And that's what I started doing. And the Lord showed me to listen more. Don't be quick to make to show that you to have the last word. Don't come home telling about what the pastor said and and make sure I don't have to be in the church every time the door is open like on Sunday night. Be there on Wednesdays and be there on Sundays, but at night be home with your husband. And those were the those very wise things that I had to learn from God. Uh I didn't learn that that wasn't taught to me in church. So that's why I teach it now because it is so important for people to know the real deal, you know? Uh not that they were not trying to teach the real deal, but that may not have been their ministry that. But for me, I know what that feels like and I know and God says tell the people what that's like and teach them the same thing. And that is why I share my life with you. Uh, because I, I know how it is. Sometimes we only hear the perfect <laughs> about people that are just perfect. And that's not true. It's not real. Uh, we're not perfect. Uh, we're perfect in Christ and our spiritual man, but our flesh is not. And we're going to mess up from time to time. The key is getting back on track and repenting, making about face, turning him back around. God loves us so much. He's like, hey, I'm right here for you. Don't worry about what you did. That's yesterday's baggage. Let that stuff go. This is a new day. Give everything to me. Cast your cares unto me, Jesus says. Casting those nets, right? He's casting a net to you saying, cast your cares to me for I care for you. I love you. I died for you. This is why I did it. I wanted to reconcile you back to the father so you don't go to hell. Every one of us were on our way to hell until Jesus did what he did. Now we have this advocate. Now we have uh, this person that stood in the gap for us so that we could have eternal life with Jesus Christ. Now, do you know him as your Lord and Savior? It's your choice. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. All right, Mighty Warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.